Welcome everybody. Today's Monday the 27th. This is a Charlie Helmet Campaign podcast. Welcome Charlie. How are you doing tonight? I am doing very well. Thank you. And I'm ready for a night. Well, I'm going to hand it off to you and we have a special guest and uh, go ahead and Charlie, go to introduce her. All right. Welcome to Charlie Helmet Podcast. This is where we discuss politics, government and public policy. Tonight's special guest is Marcy Barnard. How are you doing, Marcy? I'm doing great today. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. I got to ask, was Santa Claus good to you? Yes, of course he was. I was a good girl this year. Oh, no coal then. All right. Well, that's a wonderful <laughs> no. thing. I did pretty good, too. I was really surprised. Every uh, every year I talk to the wife, and we kind of come up with an agreement. We're not going to spend a lot. And uh, right. she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a woman for you. We have well, that cognitive. We have several grandkids as well, um, uh, seven actually, and she did the same thing there. She said we weren't going to spend a lot on the grandkids, but when we went to their uh, to the house for our gift exchange, I made five trips out to my truck getting presents. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, absolutely it is. I know Santa had a hard time getting around the world uh, um, on Christmas with all the things that are going on with covid um, right. yeah, uh, with the Ukraine uh, situation that's going on. And it, some things, you know, this Omicron uh, is really spreading across the uh, nation and the world. And But there's there's some things that just don't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And that's the CDC right. loosening uh, COVID protocols for healthcare workers. Yeah. Does that yeah. make any, have you heard of this? And what are your thoughts? No, I really haven't heard a lot about it, but I don't agree with it. No, it seems that they're uh, they're shortening the quarantine time for uh, for health workers. I can understand getting more people uh, back into the hospital to take care of, of people that have have uh, uh, COVID. I can understand yeah. that, but yeah. I think part of the the problem is that the you know the guidelines the government set up where they were uh, dismissing healthcare workers because they refused to get the shot. I believe right. is what's causing this. There aren't as many healthcare workers in the field taking care of people because of their restrictions. It just does not yeah. make a lot of sense. We had the same no. problem with our with our military, where they're doing the exact same thing. You know, it costs uh, you know millions of dollars to train uh, good soldiers for our military, and then because mm-hmm. they refuse to get the shot, they're discharged. Um, some with uh, less than honorable conditions, which I believe is absolutely wrong. Yes, I do too. Have you heard of, of of these cases? Yes, and I and I don't, you know, I agree with you. These people have have uh, <clears throat> trained long and hard hours to be a soldier and to protect our country, and then to turn around and say, "Well, if you don't get the jab, you got to go." Well, that's crazy. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's true. I just heard there were a hundred Marines in San Diego just turned loose because they refused to get this shot. Now, I could understand giving them further testing, but not turning uh, uh, 100 highly trained elite warriors um, out of the military with no benefit packages at all um, because right. they used to take something that, in my opinion, still needs further testing. Yes, it does. It needs a lot more testing because they still haven't proven that it even actually does any good because people are do take the uh, vaccination are still getting sick. Exactly. And then we've got our Illinois governor here, old Pritzker. He's urging people not to do uh, anything as far as the 
the uh, New Year is concerned, he's, he's urging scaled-down activities. But I'll bet dollars that he isn't scaling down his activities. Oh, probably not. He's probably having a good old time, just like he always has. And why do that now? Because we've already went through a summer and enjoyed ourselves, and I don't think it really raised the cases any. No, I don't believe that it has either. Um, but our world, is, is, it is truly turning upside down. I yeah. read today um, where a uh, SUV going around a school bus down in Florida mowed through five children, killing two oh. right off. Just the impatience in this world is, is insane. I'm, I used to be a Federal Express delivery driver, and I've seen, you know, the uh, person in the far left lane cut three lanes of traffic to take an off-ramp, right? You know, and not even look, at, just just do it right in front of people. We need to slow down this country. We really do. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. Well, Marcy, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and your history <clears throat> here in this district? What can you tell us? Um, well, I've been a member of the Whiteside County uh, Central Committee for two years now. I've lived in Whiteside County since 1972. I've raised my kids here in this county. I'm raising my grandkids in this county. I have a great-grandson, a seven-year-old that I'm raising in this county. I've been appointed PC since July and will be hopefully running on the ballot to be an elected PC. Well, for those people who don't know what PC stands for, can you tell us what that is? It's a pre-state committeeman. And that and job entails? It entails, well, <laughs> you can put me on the spot with that one. Um, it entails helping out. You've got a, a, a vote in a lot of things that the general public doesn't get to vote on in the central committee and the state. Um, you can vote for your county chairman. You can vote for the county board members and other things like that. Outstanding. I believe and you I also, really, really good at that. <laughs> I also was a former secretary, and I'm a member of the Republican Women of Rock Island County, even though I'm not in Rock Island County. They welcome members from all over the state. Outstanding. And you started your own uh, meeting on Thursdays. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yes, I started what's called the Conservative Coffee Club of, of Whiteside County. I started that in about... May or June of this last year, and what I do is I have people come in on Thursday mornings to um, a place in Erie that we meet at early in the morning. I bring in different candidates for the public to be able to decide on their own which candidate they really want to vote for. I've had governor candidates in. I've had the, like you and your opponent in. I've had um, senators, state senators, different different uh, candidates. I've had some already elected officials come in and speak, and we talk about current events and things that are going on that we want to change, trying to get voter registration and elected PCs and stuff like that. Who do you have uh, uh, planned and scheduled to come to your meeting in the near future? Well, this Thursday, tentatively, I have a friend that lives on the border in Texas that will probably come in on a Zoom meeting. We do Zoom meetings also where people can come in on Zoom and listen to everybody and, and comment. Um, she's going to be talking about what the crisis on the border with the uh, border being open 
and things that are happening right down there in her town where she lives in McAllen, Texas, and so she's right there in the hub of it. Oh, that sounds very interesting, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it will be. And you have, I understand, a gubernatorial candidate scheduled, a very special meeting? Um, yes, I have, uh, well, of course, Paul Schumpf is coming in January. I have um, Christopher Roper is coming in January. In February, I'm having a rather, rather large event in Sterling Rock Falls area on a Saturday morning where I'm going to have uh, governor candidate Max Solomon is coming in with his running mate. And that one will have um, some other candidates invited too. Outstanding. You've met this, uh, this candidate before or no? Yes, I have. I've met him in Chicago at a forum that I went to recently and I just uh, talked to all of them and asked, you know, I've invited all the governor candidates to come in and I've had um, Gary Roper came or Gary Rabine came in. Christopher Roper has come in. I have seen and talked to Darren Bailey. Now Max Solomon is going to come in, but I haven't re received any answers back from the other ones that are um, running also. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of political influence there to get these candidates into your area. Well, I just ask, and they kind of say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can understand that, being asked several times by you. I just find it really hard to even think about turning something like that down. Um, oh, tell us a little bit about your education and your employment background. Okay. I, I have a GED. I did do some college. I was a hairstylist for 15 years. I was an EMT for five years. Um, I worked security EMT on riverboats in the Quad Cities and in Clinton area for four years. I was a CNA for 15 years. I've also been a cashier at grocery stores, and I've been a cook. Outstanding. Well, thank you for that, uh, that EMT service. Um, yeah. A lot of people may not really uh, realize how, how important that that position is until you need it. And knowing yes, that you exactly. can perform life-saving um, procedures is yeah. an art. It really is. Yeah, it is. It takes it takes nine months just to be a basic EMT, but then to go on from there, you've got to further your education. It takes a little longer. I went as far as an intermediate. I did not become a paramedic, but I was close. Well, it still takes a lot to go on those calls and put the – and have people put their lives in your hands. And I applaud you for accepting that responsibility. Well, thank you. So what is your background as far as the party's concerned? I mean, uh, you said you've, you've been a, a, a member there for two years. Was that your mm -hmm. very first um, endeavor into the Republican Party? Uh, yes, it was. It was, And I've been a Republican all my life, and I have voted for Republicans up I made the mistake, and I did vote for Obama, but, you know, it was one of them things where you, you wanted to give him a chance and see if he would succeed, and after he failed, then I decided, you know, that was a mistake. I guess I should have stuck with the Republicans, which I do now. So to pay penance, you decided to go out there and jump into the Republican Party with both feet. Yes, yes, I did, <laughs> because I look at the current situations, and it really needs help. Well, that was, was sort of actually, you know, the Obama years was the turning point for myself. I never really had any political aspirations at all. Um, but when they, when they elected him and he started, you know, for me, it's kind of a personal thing because I quit school when I was 17. I joined the Marine Corps 
because 55 Americans are being held hostage in the basement of our embassy in Tehran, Iran. Right. And then he decides that he wants to be friends with the undisputed state-leading sponsor of terrorism on the planet and give them $1.65 billion on a covert aircraft in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. no one stood up and said, no, right. we don't. We don't negotiate with terrorists in this country. And to me, right. that seems like that's exactly what that was. Yeah, it sure was. And it needed, it needed to be stopped, and too bad it wasn't. But we're ready for a change now. Yes, we are. That's this whole, uh, I just reading, they're uh, renegotiating that nuclear arms deal with Iran. And I just have to ask, in what world is giving that country nuclear weapons a good idea? I just I don't agree with it. I really do not. No, but, it's not a good thing. And that's a topic for another day, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah. you are a campaign coordinator, I understand. Yes, I have to be your campaign coordinator <laughs> for the northern counties. <laughs> that's right, and a darn good one. Tell us what that job uh, to you entails. Well, it entails me getting you out into the public eye setting up events for you, um, getting um, different places for you to go, um, just more, more or less getting you known to people so that they can decide if you're the right candidate, which I think you are. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. I can think of nobody that I would rather have working up there for me. Um, just when I sat in at the uh, Central Committee meeting there in Whiteside County, I could tell you knew everybody, and everybody knew you. So that's a very, very good thing. Um, do you personally have any plans for office someday? No, not really. The only office I'm looking for right now is just being elected on the PC for a precinct committeeman, and then maybe someday. We never know. Yeah, yeah. You could uh, decide that you want to be a mayor there in Erie or something. Who knows, right? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It, it could happen. happen. I can see, see having that office there next to that radio station. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have any other ties as far as the uh, GOP is concerned? No, I don't. Okay, then you you yourself have personally not run in any races other than your PC uh, being elected there, and and that's about it, huh? Yep, that's about it. Okay, well, I can see you doing something in the near future. I really do, because you have (laughs) a lot of, uh, you're smart, um, you're outgoing, and I think you'd make make a good... uh, candidate for whatever office you decide to run for. Um, do you currently uh, do anything as far as the community is concerned? Well, I just have my um, breakfast that I have once a week. I do participate in a couple of other breakfasts in the area. I'm right now helping a new breakfast that started up in Rock, Island, or White, uh, Rock Falls recently. I'm helping them get off to a good start by helping them get some candidates to come into their breakfast and, you know, expand the area a little bit more for them. What day do they have their uh, their meetings? They have their meetings on Saturday mornings, and it's at um, Abe's Restaurant that's right off of the Interstate 88 and Route 40. Okay. And is that, is that Sterling Rock Falls or just Rock Falls? It's Sterling Rock Falls. They're now called Twin City Republicans. Oh, okay. Outstanding. 
Do they have a, a large following yet, or are they just building it up slowly? They're, they're just building it up right now. They they have up to 10 people at a time sometimes, and I'm just helping them. They just need a little boost. Well, I can think of no one, again, better to boost them than yourself. You, like I said, know a lot of people, and hopefully they'll be listening to this podcast, and some maybe that may want to venture up in that area and, and check those uh, that breakfast meeting out. We'll absolutely uh, take advantage of that. I right, encourage them right. too. Yes, I do, too. You know, uh, I went to a a, a meeting up in um, Carroll County, the Republican Women's uh, Luncheon, and I was approached by a young lady up there that uh, she said, you know, it seems to me that the Democrat Party, when they have problems, when they're having campaigns or whatever, they, they seem to circle the wagons. But within the Republican Party, they seem to attack each other. Have you noticed that? And what do you think it causes that? Well, I don't know exactly what causes it, but I do see it happening with different people. Now, I know your opponent kind of attacks you by saying that you're not, you don't have your papers filed, you don't have this and that, and you haven't really even announced your candidacy, which is completely wrong. Um, I don't, I, I really, really, there's, I know there's five Democratic candidates right now, and in the 17th district and we're just, and hopefully the people will have, they've got a good choice there of their candidates and hopefully they will pick the right person. Just like we, the conservatives do in the 17th district, we pick the best person for the job. That's kind of, kind of lean toward the idea that maybe uh, egos tend to play a little bit into this. Um, yeah, yeah. You're right. My opponent uh, was saying that and I, and at first it, it kind of hit me as strange that she thought you had to register as a candidate every three months or every quarter. And that just did not make a bit of sense to me. And I'm no. hoping that those people that were sitting there with me, so I could have, I could have, could have checked her on that. And uh, I really didn't want to embarrass the woman in front of the whole place. What she was right. talking about was your financial uh, for your uh, candidate financial records have to be filed every three months once yeah. your campaign hits a certain uh, donation goal, uh, right. which is like $5,000, then you have to file every three months. I believe that's where she was really going with it, but none of that would, would mean that a candidate was not registered. You have to register. Um, I put on uh, Facebook and my uh, other social media sites, uh, all of my, my committee in, information, my registration date. I mean, the whole money, it's out there for everybody to see. And I yeah. believe every time she says something like this, people just should shake their heads. Um, yeah. She's obviously feeling threatened. Um, there are things going on uh, with the uh, GOP that shouldn't be happening as far as endorsements right. of her campaign. I mean, it goes all the way up the ladder. They're putting her on on uh you know cnn or not cnn uh on uh, on fox news i just for some reason i just i just think of her and cnn i don't know why but anyway uh, on fox <laughs> news <laughs> they put her on fox news i mean this is stuff done at the upper levels of the republican party and the, the bylaws clearly state that they're not to take uh, either opponent or anybody in a primary give them money or back them until after the primary election and they have a candidate. But you exactly. just don't see that happening. And it's absolutely, and I've seen this ever since I started running 
for the for this position. Yes, and when she says she's unopposed, it's it's an out and out lie because she is opposed. You know, you're running against her. There are two Republican candidates. You, as a businessman, uh, a fighting soldier, Marine, family man, and and you stand for pro life and pro family and Second Amendment and everything. I don't get what she stands for, other than no. she's anti. She's anti Trump. She's yeah, yeah, and <laughs> that's more than obvious. And but right. you know, when somebody asks her in one of these little meetings, she'll say, "Oh no, no, I'm I'm pro Trump," but you won't see it on her website. You no, her, no, you know. Um, well, enough about her. Um, <laughs> we're going to defeat her in the primary. You know it, and I know it, and I look forward to it. Yeah. Now on to the Democrat candidates. There are actually six Democratic candidates running uh, so far that have announced for the 17th. Um, right. Do you know anything about those candidates at all? I know that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Angie Normal is from Rock Island County. And she was on the on the board until she was, I guess, they downsized, downsized the board. Yeah, I don't know anything about any of the candidates, but the one that used to be Weatherman. Oh, Eric Sorensen. Eric Sorensen, that's the only one I know about, and I really don't even, I haven't even looked at what they stand for because I'm not interested in them anyway. I suppose I probably should look. Well, I have to do a little bit of, uh, of uh, you know, checking on, on my, on which, which Democrat I may be running against in the general yeah. election. Um, and into their backgrounds, what they're about. You know, there's an alderman here. There's a... Uh, I think um, Leticia Wallace, I believe, has a Ph.D. She's a college professor. Um, there's a Marissa Williams. I believe she is, I think, maybe just a house. or not, I was going to say just now. I believe she's a housewife, last I looked. But, they, you know, they're all for the standard um, Democrat Party push, the New Green Deal um, yeah. all, you know, liberal programs, uh, socialist, uh, far left. There's uh, this um, Jonathan Lagerman. I think he's an alderman, and he flies the BLM flag out in front of his house. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't believe that this is what the 17th district really should be looking at, to be honest. Oh, I, I really don't think once they get a good look at it that they're going to like anything that like you're saying, they're not going to look at that type of person because I really think, I really believe that the, the 17th district is looking to flip red. Oh, just yes. like the whole state. Yeah. There's a red tsunami coming and the Democrat party realizes that. Yeah. Um, I look forward to the general. I really do. I just would like to know which one of these persons um, that I'm going to be running against uh, so I do background, you know, a little bit of background check on them. I want to know a little bit about them. I met this Angie Mor- Mornel, Mormel, how I'm sure I'll say her name. She was in Silva's, uh, for, I think it was Veterans Day. I didn't get to talk to her, but she was she was right close. Um, I'm really not worried about any of them, to be honest with you. I believe yeah. the state of Illinois has uh, woken up and realizes that the Democrat Party has done so much damage and they're continuing to do damage to this state, just like yes, the United yeah. States of America. And I believe people, I mean, just people want a change. 
I mean, I was yeah. raised in the 17th. My children are raised in the 17th. My grandchildren are raised in the 17th. I have businesses in the 17th. I didn't come here from, you know, Chicago to run just to put Congress in front of my name. I didn't care about power, money, Congress. I want to serve the people. And I right, believe right. I project that when I talk to, when I talk to people. They understand, you know, give me one term to yeah. prove that. If I don't do the job, then replace me. If I do right. do the job to your satisfaction, reelect me the next time. I'm mm-hmm. not one of these people, and I've heard them say it before, that, you know, you either toe the party line or we'll pull your funding and run somebody against you next year. Well, do it. Yeah. Because it's the people that are going to get me elected. My opponent yeah. has the party behind her. And you know what? I honestly believe that it doesn't matter because I have the people behind me, and that's all right. I need. Right, and that's what, I, that's what I try to help you with is to get the people behind you. Once they meet the real Charlie and they sit down and talk to you and hear what you're about, I'm sure they change their mind. And we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen yeah. time and time again. Mm-hmm. And here we come into January, which, of course, starts the beginning of our big petition drive. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I'm very uh-huh. excited. It'll be my first time doing that. And with the committee chairman, with Kurt Glazier, helping me along with it because he's going to do some training to make sure we do this right, um, then I'll be able to get those petitions out and signed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I've already got several uh, PC, uh, uh, PCs that have uh, have talked to me about that. Jacqueline has uh, has lined up a lot of good uh, good help for that. And I'm I'm looking forward to getting out and meeting people and getting those petitions signed um, yep. and getting the I think it's 836 times two or three that we need you know, as many as we can get, and then yep. going down to Springfield and turning those in and getting getting this official uh, officially underway. Uh-huh. Um, so we can get uh, so we can get to the general election. So helping me get there, helping me get to Congress is is very important. And I know that you have have a lot of of help from other people um, that I've met to get there. Um, we're going to be dealing with voter registration pretty soon. I know there's several people right here in my area that were. Yeah that were uh, former Democrats um, that are switching over to the Republican party. I mean, just to vote for me. And I'm right. I I tell you, that makes, that makes me feel really, really good that I can have that kind of an impact on someone. My next door neighbor is a lifetime Democrat. He was, um, he, what do you say? I think he's in his late sixties and voted Democrat all of his life. And I talked to him and he said, Charlie, and this is a quote, he said, I can't vote for the Democrat Socialist Party. I'm going to vote for you. And I said, well, you know, you have to go down and switch, you know, from Democrat to Republican. He says, I've already done it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. That's Absolutely. really good. And I look forward to being able to go up to um, the county clerk and talk to her to get to be able to start doing voter registration in Whiteside County. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, I think, the real turning point, the real grassroots part of this election is getting out to the voters and, and to the, uh, you know, to, to, to doing the door-to-door, talking to people. I look forward to it. 
I've uh, already done quite a bit in the town where my businesses are, uh, going to each business and talking to the business owners and finding out exactly what it is that they need from mm-hmm. their representative. Find out, uh, you know, there are a lot of small businesses out there that need help. That It's really hard <clears throat> to deal with the dot-coms, you know, the, the businesses online that don't have that overhead, that brick-and-mortar building. Um, And I was telling people, I I do uh, kind of a fireside chat. Maybe you've seen a few of those that I've done in the past. Oh, yeah. Where I sat down and I talked to people. I said, you know, Christmas was here, and it was absolutely one of my absolute total favorite times of the year. There's no doubt. And um, I encouraged people to get out. And, yeah, you can save some money online. And this is true. But when you walk into that small business you know a little bell goes off and you hear the creak of that old wooden floor around at least in, in my area and we have these older buildings and they've been remodeled a dozen times and you walk in there and you just get that feeling of i guess the, the old christmas maybe um because you know, the shops are older in these smaller towns uh but they're decorated i mean just to the hilt and the yeah. shop owners are so excited and so happy to have you in their building shopping through their halls and their aisles and, and picking the items that, that they have off of the shelf instead of sitting on a cold computer in your den or something, clicking on something that you're ordering for your wife or your kids and you've never touched it, you've never picked it up, you have no idea the quality that you're actually getting yeah. versus grabbing it off the shelf in that little business downtown and picking it up and looking at it and turning it over and, and actually getting a feel. I worked at Federal Express for 30 years, and they got to where they started ordering these mattresses. And I deliver these things to people's houses, and I say, you know, how can you select a mattress for your bed that you've never touched? You've never right. laid on it. You've never felt it. You just made a $400 purchase for a mattress in a box. <laughs> okay. Yes. And we open and, it up and it expands and you lay it on your bed and you lay down on it and you go, you know what? This thing feels like I'm laying on boards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. See? And then you're trying yeah. to, you know, you know how well, it's impossible to, to fold that thing back up and stick it back in that box and send it back where you got it. Well, exactly. And if you can't try it out before you buy it, why would you want to buy it? I mean, I would never do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. And local businesses, especially in Erie, we're, we're, we're doing, it's called Revitalize Erie. It's a group that's working together to try to revitalize our little town because we've lost a lot of businesses in the past. And there are some new businesses now, just like the building that we have for my meetings, the Harvest Bakery, is fantastic. She's remodeled that building from the ground up, and it's amazing. And there's a little cafe on the corner that really hasn't remodeled a lot, but it's still got the creaky floor, and they make their homemade food, and then they've got the flower shop and gift shop next door. And, yeah, these businesses need our money, and they're the best places to buy things. Absolutely. You get that uh, that personalized service when you walk in there that you just don't get online. And if you have right. an issue or you have a problem, you simply take it back in. And they'll yeah. be more than happy to change it out for you or make it right. Yeah, you won't get that online. Or if you do, you got to pack it back up, send it back. Anyway, shop small, 
yeah, that's part of my um, campaign speech. It's part of what I what I believe in. It's part of helping the 17th district. It's just what I do because I'm yeah. born here. I'm raised here. I see yeah. these people struggle, and I want to help them. When I uh, when I win this election and I move into those offices. Um, my congressional offices, I think there's one in Rock Island that I'm thinking about moving up to Silvis area because it's just a smaller town, you know. And I yeah. told people that worked for me because when I worked at Federal Express, I called our current representative, and I use that term loosely, and I asked for help. And that representative told me that that's not what the representative does. Right, right. I need help, and it's not what you do. And I mm-hmm. told people, because I have a lot to say, you know, I'd really like to work, you know, for you in those offices when you get them opened up. And I said, that's fine. But if anybody calls that office and you tell them it's not what Congressman Helmick does, you're fired. Right. Helping people that's, is the job. That's right. It is. That's why you're there. You're not there to make $5 million in your bank like our current rep did. No. Right. You're not there just for photo ops or to take credit for a bill that you had nothing to do with. You're there to help the men and women. You're here to help the cities, the counties, the district, the state, and the United States of America. And that's all I want. Well, Yeah, and that's what their job is supposed to be, and they're not doing their job. That's exactly right, and they need to be held accountable. That's something I thought that, you know, my first speech when I get to Congress should be, it should stand up and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you were elected to come to Congress to do a job by the people of your districts, mm-hmm. not to tow your party line, but to do what the people of your district elected you to do, and that is represent them. Right. You're exactly right. And we don't see that happening today in Washington, D.C., or in Springfield. You see these people towing the party line, supporting special interest groups instead of the people that elected them to office, and that has got to change. Yes, it does. This is why I'm for term limits and keeping people that after your term is up, when you've served your terms, there's no going to work for these big companies and coming back as a lobbyist and getting special deals for the company you work for from your friends in Congress. That mm-hmm. needs to be stopped as well. It's, yes, so, it does. Tell me, Marcy, what's your um, what's your future look like after I'm elected? I mean, what are you going to do? Or do you have any plans? Well, or? I I really hope I get to continue to work for you. That would be outstanding. I could think of nobody better. <laughs> Absolutely, you and Jacqueline. I'm telling you, if I had uh, if I had a cheerleading section, I, I you two would be right in front. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely would be, and I try to be right now, <laughs> doing the best I can to get you elected. And you are doing quite a job. I know uh, it's one thing that uh, that Jacqueline uh, injected into my campaign, as 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 well as yourself is the number of people that I meet every time I go to an event um, with yourself or with her, it, it, it amazes me. You know, you can look at somebody, and, and I have no idea who they are, and you can just rattle off their name and tell me what their job is and who they're with and what, you know, 
and that kind that is absolutely priceless when it comes to an yeah. election. Yes, it is. And I try to do my research ahead of time to make sure I know everything I can about this person and especially the friends and neighbors and stuff and, and introduce them to you so they get to know the real you and what you stand for. You're not a fake person like some people are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can think of somebody that comes to mind. I'm telling you that right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, can I know. think of this person as the Republican version of AOC. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, when you're out talking to people, and, and I know you talk to a lot of people, you know, when I'm there and, and when I'm not around, um, what do you find that the people of this district uh, would need or expect from me um, when you talk to them? What do they, what do they bring up? Well, um, if you're going to help with lowering the taxes in our state because the taxes are so high, um, the gas tax, um, how you're going to help create some jobs. Um, okay. Well, yes, with health care and, and, and uh, put me on, I can't think right now. Of all they the have things. concerns about the borders? Yes, they have concerns about the borders. They have concerns about health care. They worry about... Um, if you're pro-life or pro-family, Second Amendment is big on a lot of people's mind because we are a con concealed carry state. And getting rid of the Floyd card because no. it's unconstitutional. And, um, you know, following the Constitution, which a lot of, of, of people don't follow the Constitution. They're against the Constitution, and that's the backbone of our country. Oh, absolutely. As you've seen that in that last meeting, and I, I actually found that um, – educating uh, people on the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and mm -hmm. our Declaration of Independence. These, these, three, uh, these three documents I have on my wall at home. When I mm -hmm. swore to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, I meant it. And if I believe if you're going to take an oath before God, you should have an idea what that document says. It's not like Nan uh, like Nancy Pelosi, you know. Remember when Obamacare, you know, sign it so you can find out what's in it. No. Right, right. No, no, no. No, no you don't do that. <laughs> you should know what's in the Constitution. Look, look, the Constitution, it's only 7,500 words with the 28 amendments attached to it. 7,500. Right. You can read that in 45 minutes if you read slow like I do. Uh -huh. I recommend it. If you don't want to read the amendments, it's only 4,500 yeah, 4, words. Read it. Yeah. Just go through it. Well, and I, I and I actually pass out Constitution books at my meetings. I have bought them myself, and I pass them out. I said, "Do you know the Constitution? Do you know the you know the amendments and stuff like that?" And I said, "I have these booklets. They're free. Please take them and read them. Follow them." Understand that that, like you said, that is the backbone of our democracy. It's the backbone of our republic. The uh, the Bill of Rights. You know, uh, the, the Republic or the Democrat Party hates the Bill of Rights because yes. it tells the government what it cannot do. And, right. the and they don't want to follow that. Hates it. The second yes, amendment, very important. We have mm -hmm. a right, I believe, a constitutional right to carry a firearm. You should not have to have a, a, a permit. You should not have to have a FOID card. 
you should not have to have anything. And, and these these things, just like your driver's license, should be state transferable. You walk, right. I should be able to go from Illinois into Iowa with my firearm and not worry about it, or from Iowa to Illinois or any state without yeah. worrying about it. We have learned that the restrictions put on firearms by the Democrat-run cities is, is a failure. Look at Chicago. Look at New well, York. Yeah, because, you know, only criminals carry guns that are hurting people. The yeah. people that have guns legally aren't using them to go out and kill people. I mean, it's, no. just, it's just the fact, you know. And then I have people that um, are interested in knowing how you feel about um, – now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am pro-life. There's no doubt about that. Right, right. Absolutely. Definitely. And I, I, will, I believe every baby has a right to live. Every baby. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right to take that away from us. That's, you know, to me, that's, that's the same as murder. Some of these, I've seen some of those videos on abortions. And I often wonder, you know, doctors, I still believe, take the uh, Hippocratical Oath, or however you say it, I believe that's what they call it, where they, mm-hmm. they swear an oath to do no Harm. Do no harm, and that's and doing I harm. And I believe an abortion is doing harm. Oh, yes, I believe that, too. That's because it, it's killing a baby, and a lot of people have asked, okay, when do, you, when do you think life starts? Well, it starts at conception. Come on, you can get a heartbeat at two weeks. Exactly. If a, a baby's born, you know, a baby is a baby right away. Right. I suffered, I suffered a miscarriage at four weeks, and it was fully formed child. Yes, yes. And me and the wife decided to start our family. Our first uh, was, was a miscarriage, and it was on my birthday of all things. So that hit hard and hit you know hit home. And I just look at uh-huh. people and said that child deserves if if it's you know it, it deserves a chance to live. So, but yeah, I you know I'll answer any question anybody throws at me with the gospel truth. I'm not going to make up anything. If you if you meet me on the street, if I'm at an, an event and you ask me something, it is the gospel. As far yes. as I know it, you and know, you're not going to skirt. You're not going to skirt around that question question and not give an a straight answer to it either. Exactly. I will tell you the truth. See, I I tell you know when I when I speak, I tell people. My father, when he passed away, his best friend gave his eulogy, and he said of my father that he was a straight shooter and an honest man. And I want that on my stone. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any hurry, but I want yeah, that on my stone. Yeah, don't, don't want, be in a hurry now. <laughs> yes, I want that reputation. I want people to say that. I want people to know it, that I'm a straight shooter and an honest man. And I will help you in this district in this state, in the United States of America, any way I can. Yeah, I've had yeah. veterans come up to me and, and tell me the horror stories of how they can't get help. And I said, I will fight for you if I got to walk over to the to the, the Veterans Administration myself. If I got to whatever, I will help you because you yeah. deserve it. You put your name yeah. on that dotted line. You said, I will give my life for this country this country can help you. The least we can do. It, it, it sure is. It is sure, that's right. Absolutely right. They fought for us, and we need to fight for them now. Absolutely. I went to the. I'm a dis- disabled veteran, 
and I went to the VA uh, about two weeks ago, and I told the nurse uh, that was looking at me um, that I was running for Congress. And she said, well, you know, can you do something about these computers? They are so slow. <laughs> I said, you know what? <laughs> That's the job. <laughs> I will help you. I got to yeah. laugh a little but you know, I mean, she just came up with it, and she felt comfortable telling me at that point, I need help. And I'm yeah. not even in office yet. And by God, I will help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. On it. That's great. Yep. That's great. So where do you see the uh, the GOP going in the future? You think uh, the President Trump's going to be elected in 2024 like I do? Oh, I certainly hope so. I'm behind him 100%. I think he was the greatest president next to Reagan. Um, I believed all of his beliefs were the same as my beliefs. He was the best thing that ever came along. If you look back at what he did and while he was in office, he didn't do anything wrong. He, he did everything great for this whole, the whole country. You know, lowered, lowered taxes. He had jobs created. He, um, everything he did was just the best thing for us. And now look at what's happened since he's been gone, how bad things have gotten. And he believed in the people. And Biden doesn't believe in any of that. All he believes in is what they tell him to believe and just keep signing bills that hurt us. And the socialism, the, cap, the communism that's coming is just terrible. Well, I tell people, so in 2022, when, we get, when I get to Congress, the first thing that we need to do is reverse all of the damage or as much as we possibly can that Biden has inflicted on this country in the preceding two years. I mean, we right. have got to, to reverse as much of this as we can. I mean, he took a country that was energy independent and put us back on a track where we have to depend on foreign oil. And that's right. just wrong. And then they blame everything else for it. Oh, it couldn't possibly be shutting down a pipeline that supplied oil to, you know, to this nation and putting uh -huh. 15,000 Americans, hardworking Americans, out of work with a stroke of right. a pen. These yeah. things need to be stopped. Uh, executive orders have a place. They have a place in time of national emergency such as war. I don't believe that a, that a president should be able to throw 15,000 Americans out of work, shut down this nation on, a, uh, on energy independence with a stroke of a pen. These, yeah, major, these major actions need to go through the United States Congress. The same thing at the state level. When a governor can slap mandates, shutting down businesses, mandating masks and shots for our children. I mean, there's a difference in immunization and a, and a, and a, and a, and a vaccination shot that is proven dangerous. Yes, exactly. I think the government overreach at both the state level and the federal level has gotten way, way out of hand. We have well, and it goes, it, it goes back to the Constitution. This stuff is not constitutional that they're doing. It's not legal. It should never be done. And people need to stand up and say, enough is enough. Well, representation, that's where it's at. It's the people that have to, have to. The people have the power. They really yep. do. We get... Uh, Republicans out and actually voting. I mean, you know, uh, in presidential elections, you get more people that turn out than they do in 
in non-presidential elections, like when we have this this primary and the the uh, 2022 election. There's no president yeah. involved, so you're not historically getting the number of people out to vote that you would in a presidential election. The Republican Party, we have got to turn that around if we're going to make a difference in this state and in this nation. We have got to get out. If, if, if you can't get to the polls, we need to arrange transportation for you. Come pick you up, bring you down to the polls. Uh, sign up your neighbors. If, if they're not, I mean, I run into people who aren't uh, registered to vote. And the crazy thing is some of these people are in their late 20s and they've never voted in their lives. Exactly. They need to stand up. If you don't stand up, if you don't vote, you don't make a difference, don't complain about what happens in this nation. That's right. one of the, the major issues we have, and, and you see it all the time. Um, we elect people to, to represent us, and then we complain because they don't do the job. And the next right. election cycle, we put the same people or the same types of people into those positions and expect a difference. You are not going to get a difference. If right. you want to be represented in your white collar, your blue collar, you need to put somebody in there that understands what it's like on a payday Friday when you come home and your wife says, don't spend any money, dear, because we're already broke. I've been in that position. I know what it's like. I know when, you know, the, the, the feeling that you get when your wife says, it's payday, but we're already broke. Yes, and I've been through that myself in the past, and I've found talking to the public lately, a lot of people that have never voted in a primary didn't realize that they really should vote in a primary. They didn't realize what a primary, what it existed, you know, how, how it's done and what it's for, and now people are willing to get out there and listen to both sides and decide which candidate that they want, and they'll go to the primaries and vote for them. That way, in November, when it's time to vote, they know who to vote for. And I have offered rides to people and, and things like that. And we need poll watchers and we need election judges that are honest. It's one thing that I, I used to, to love to, to listen to Rush Limbaugh, rest his soul. He say one of the biggest problems we have in the nation is the uneducated voter. We need mm-hmm. to help these people understand. We need to get out there and show them what it means to, to vote. We need to support the right people, and I believe, and I, I honestly believe that President Trump is the right president for this. And the sad thing is, is he only gets one more term. But we, after after his terms over, and he gets this nation back on the right road again, we can elect other good, good constitutional Republicans to take mm-hmm. that man's place and their vice yeah. presidents and stuff. And who knows? I might volunteer to be a vice president. I'm not sure how I feel. You'd make a good one. You really would. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. And my goal, that's someplace. my goal. Yeah. And my goal from the very beginning of, of what I've been doing is to educate people because I can't believe how uneducated they are. Right. Well, you know, we have a, a generation coming out of colleges now that if you look at any of the um, po- other podcasts that you see or any of the YouTube videos where they go up to them and they ask them simple questions, uh, you know, who was Thomas Jefferson? And these kids have no idea. No, no idea whatsoever. Socialism is the, is the way to go, and they have no clue what it's like to be outside of this nation in a socialist country, in a poor right. impoverished country. I've been there. I've seen it. I know what it's like to live in those countries. And they 
you know, they may think it's great now because their college professor socialist told them that it was going to be a wonderful life. But the yeah. fact is, they're in for a rude awakening. They really, yeah. really are. And we need to stop that. We, we need to stop that kind of education because there's this critical race theory and all the other things they're trying to teach kids nowadays and the socialism and stuff. They need to stop because these kids don't need to learn that. They need to learn the truth. And real American history that we were taught when we were kids. I'm trying with my seven-year-old great grandson. I'm trying to teach him about things like that right now. He's young yep. enough that he needs to know who his ancestors were, who the people that founded this country, and how and what happened. And it was slavery and the whole thing. Martin Luther King Jr. They need to learn it. And these statues that they want to tear down is ridiculous. They don't know the meaning of what these statues are to just just tear them down because they mean something completely different to them. That's absolutely right. Uh, Marcy, we are about out of time, dear. I want to thank you for being on my podcast today. You are a national treasure. There's no doubt about it. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay. I really appreciate it, Charlie. Well, thank you again. And then... Next Thursday, you can stand by for our special guest, who's going to be. Who's that going to be?